We call them here God sightings. Where did you see God move in your life? Or did you see him move in somebody else's life recently? Uh, the, the number of God sightings that we have discussed here at Freedom Church is, is you just can't count them. And at the same time, it's like a habit and a practice. Because I can go a whole day without even recognizing or just even acknowledging that God exists. And then you go to, to the level of like, you know what, where did I see God move today? And just thanking him for those different things. So online, I'd like to kick off that conversation. Or if you're even in the room, you can do that too. Look for God in your life. He's there. He's talking. He's moving. He's speaking. He's nudging. He's prodding. Um, and let's celebrate those things in our life. So if, you have, if you're online, go ahead and share some God sightings. I want to read our scripture. And then um, I want to share a message today. Uh, titled, Five Reasons I See Incredible Potential for the Church in 2023. Just some, a little bit of a, a vision-casting sermon for Freedom Church, but just even uh, probably really specifically to the church in America. I'm, not, I'm all for the global church, the big C church. I just That's not my demographic of I don't have that knowledge and base. Um, so I want to share just kind of some of my heart's and if you're new to freedom, uh, give you a little bit of vision for who we are and, and what we're about and, and as we're headed into 2023. But our scripture today, we're going to, uh, is, is uh, in Matthew chapter 9, towards the end of Matthew chapter 9. Uh, and we're going to kind of hang out in there a little bit. Um, it says, Jesus uh, traveled through all the towns and villages in that area. So he had just a little context. If you read through Matthew chapter 9, there's like all these miracles. Matthew's writing, like he healed this person, he healed this person, he healed this person. So it's just kind of recording all these like miraculous things that, that Jesus did. And he's kind of rounding out at least uh, this section. He says, he traveled from towns and villages in that area, teaching in synagogues and announcing the good news about the kingdom. That is what we do at Freedom Church. We announce the good news of Jesus Christ, that God loves you and wants a relationship with you. Oh, and here's how. You have a relationship with Jesus. You don't do anything. You don't have to be religious. You don't have to pay money. You just receive it. It's a free gift. So we try to do the same thing here. Jesus, it says, he healed every kind of disease and illness. And then when he saw, all right, he saw the crowds he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. I, I really do believe that as a church, uh, that the harvest is great. That there is in this community in Los Alamos, as we like to say it, we love Los Alamos. Why? Because God loves Los Alamos. And he wants to reach Los Alamos. With, he wants a relationship with them, not through force, not out of rules and regulations, but out of love. And the way he's going to do that is through you. The church, Freedom Church, is not about me. It's not about you. It's all about Jesus, but it is not even about a Sunday morning. It's not about a building. I got asked that question, when's Freedom Church going to get a building? The church is not a building. No, you, if you have a relationship with Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus, 
You've given your life to him. He is my Lord. He is my Savior. You are the church 24-7 wherever you go. If you're in the work area, in the lab, you are the church at the lab. You are the church at school. You are the church on the ball field whenever you're coaching. Wherever you go, there you are. You are the church, Christ living through you. And we have a mandate. We have a mandate to go and love the people around us to shine bright and tell them when they ask, as Bill said, why are you so nice? (laughs) Well, I have a hope, and my life has been changed. His name is Jesus. And Jesus tells us, guess what, workers? Guess what, workers? The harvest is great. Now, we started January 14th, 2018, and I'm going to celebrate that because we've seen a movement of God. And and Rita, we both share this hesitation because if you know us, this was not in the plans, all right? And we also were like, we don't really want to do this. <laughs> uh, at the same time, when God calls you, you know that you know that you know. And we're like, we are going to take our next step of faith because we know this is what God is calling us to do. And so we do want to do that. I don't want to be a Jonah and just go run. Like we're all in on this thing, despite our feelings. And, and we have just seen a movement of God, not because of us, but quite honestly, because of you. Because you keep inviting people. You, what amazes me is you come, you bring a friend. The friend comes and they keep coming and then they invite a friend. And it's like, I don't know how this is happening, but it's happening. And it's fun to see when God starts moving in your friend's life. I love it when you invite a friend and you're like, Mike, I can't serve. I can't do the, 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 the first impressions. I can't do these things because I have to welcome my friend and I want them to meet certain people. That's awesome. I'm like, please don't serve that day. Love on your friend and just enjoy that. And that's fun to be a part of a community that is welcoming and inviting. Now, I did a little number crunching and um, we have had over, this is just adults since we started, and, and, and COVID year, I, I, you count COVID, but I, we didn't count in COVID. We were freaking out in COVID, so I didn't have a whole lot of stats for, for 2020. But uh, since we started in 2018, minus 2020, 526 first-time guests uh, have, have come to check out Freedom Church, just adults. Um, and in those numbers, we count if they come back or we try to do our best if we can. And about, we have a 53% of those first-time guests will come back again. Now, um, just in church world, that's phenomenal uh, to, to even get have someone come back again. Uh, apparently, in the church in America, you're doing really well in that. Now, obviously, for me, I'm like, we can do better, you know. But I just want to say, you are in. This is what shows to me: you are an inviting church. All right, when when we leave here. You are the church out there, and you invite people, and we value that, and that is very important. And then you are a very welcoming church. You are one of the the most welcoming communities in this town. When people come in, it is hard to make people feel welcome in a room full, full of people, to feel like you are seen and you are known when it's a bunch of us here. But we have connect groups, too, where you connect outside of there, and you create a welcoming environment. And for me as a pastor, that is also something that we value. And I just want to say thank you for making this in a, a place where you can invite your friends because I wanted to create a church where I felt okay to invite my friends. 
and, and that when we are here, I know you guys are going to take care of them, that you're going to be welcoming them and, and doing your best to make sure they are seen, they are known, and they belong. Even if, you don't, if you're here today and you don't believe any of this stuff, guess what? You can still belong. You can belong before you believe. Why? Because we love you. We love you. No strings attached. We've had 14 baptisms since we started. We've got one next month. Just to kind of throw that out there, we're going to have a baptism. We get a hot tub right here. We, we, we inflate it. We, and, uh, we fill it up. It's nice and warm and bubbly, and we do some baptisms. They're awesome. It's going to be Super Bowl Sunday. You will not want to miss that. But, oh, by the way, we talk about taking next steps. And there's some of in, you in here, you have given your life to Christ, but you have never uh, gotten baptized before. If you have questions about that, I want to talk to you about it. But some of you know that's your next step. You're just like, hey, I'm ready to put on the jersey, all right, and say, hey, I am on Team Jesus. He saved me, and, I, and I, this is my next step. Well, next month, that's going to be uh, an opportunity for you to do that as well. No pressure, but if that's your next step, then that's the next step that I want you to take. Uh, you are a generous church. You are a generous church. This year we have a budget set for $185,000. When we started in 2018 with $0 and zero people, I'm just like, this is crazy. These are numbers are astronomical. Um, and I just want to say thank you for being so generous. On top of the money that you gave last year, you also contribute uh, to the Love Los Alamos Fund beyond just your normal ties, your normal giving. And so last year, we said this last week, uh, we gave close to $40,000 away to, to, to families in need. And so through your giving, through the Love Los Alamos Fund, helping people, you also, like, we were able to hire a full-time staff member, Seth Evans, to go and invest fully in our kids and in our families because we believe and value in the next generation. Like this thing, if it's here to stay, like Bill said, guess what? It, it's, we need to pass it on. It's not just about us. And so we have our eye on the long game too. And you are a very generous church in the way that you give and the way that you worship through your giving. We also sponsor, we don't say this enough, but we, we, we have uh, missionaries, Rudy and Caroline, uh, who are missionaries in Haiti that we help, uh, uh, have, have helped funded them for the past five years. Young Life right here in town. We don't have a youth group specifically for us. And so when you come here with a middle school student or a high school student, you say, do you have a youth group? And we say, no, but yes, go to Young Life. Young Life is awesome. And, and, and let's invest in there. And we've, even in this last year, started to do some stuff with Young Life, Wildlife, middle school students and stuff like that. So we help and we send some of our funds to them too. We also, this blows my mind, 76 people have responded to the gospel in the past five years through, through the Ministries of Freedom Church. I am like, in, at the end of the service, I'm going to give an invitation to say, hey, if God's speaking to you and you want to, if you want to give your life to Jesus, we do it every single week. We share the gospel. We try to make it applicable to you. But at the same time, I don't know what God's doing supernaturally through here and why you are here and what he's speaking right to your heart. But some of you are like, I need to give my life to Christ. And I'm going to be like, yes, that's your next step of faith. Let's do that. And we've had 76 people in this town uh, have, have responded to the gospel. And it blows me away because I'm like... I, did I say it? Does anyone need to go to the bathroom or something? You know, and I'm like, no, I didn't say that. And you have the conversations with people afterwards, and they're like, yeah, I'm, Jesus has changed my life. 
and I want to start following him. And this is my day one. And I'm like, let's go, let's go. It's awesome. So just a few numbers, not to celebrate us. This is to celebrate Jesus. There is a movement of God in our midst. Do you see it? Do you see it? And that, I want to I share those God sightings because it's happening. Now, is it explosive? Are we multiple campuses? Are we down in the valley? No, 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 no. And I'm not even about that. I'm not trying to grow a big church. I am trying to see you take your next step of faith with Jesus. And when you do that, and I do that, and you do that, and we do that, God's going to move and speak, and he's going to do what he wants because he's driving this thing. And we just get to be on the ride and we're going to celebrate Jesus and we're going to celebrate Jesus and we're going to celebrate Jesus and we're going to talk about him. And we get to do that together. That's what makes this so much fun. I, I, I love and appreciate you. So what I want to share with you today is that the harvest is great, but the workers are few. And so we're going to keep going on this mission because I believe God, Jesus, has a mission for you. This is not hype. Okay, I get excited and I get hyped up, but our hope is not in my feelings. The hope is that the, the grave's empty. This is my Lord and Savior saying, let's go. Another, we said this last week, kind of the theme is love Los Alamos, but it's also like, let's go. Now, he, again, this is not hype, it's, ho it's, it's hope. It's, it's built on the idea that this is what Jesus commanded. He said, therefore, go. So when, when we get excited, say, let's go, let's go reach people. This is Jesus, not a suggestion, saying, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, he's talking to his disciples there, but these are not pastors. These are not full-time ministry leaders. These are the people, the day in, the day out, I'm a Jesus follower. If you are a Jesus follower, you're getting this mandate too. Wherever you go, there you are. You are the church. And he says, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So we talked about last week about let's go, except I'm wounded. I need to get some healing. So if, you, if you're here today and you missed last week and you're like, hey, I want to go, but I'm kind of like, I got some things to work on. Go watch last week online. Get yourself some, some, some encouragement so we can get moving and going because I believe God does not want us to stay stuck in 2023. I'm all about the church, by the way. All right. I, Jesus, Jesus is the one who started this thing. And there is no plan B. The church, the local church, through the local church is his plan A. And I feel like if, if the church grows and is sharing the love of Jesus, that does nothing, uh, it is better for you, it is better for your family the closer you get to Jesus, it is better for our city the more the church grows and shares the love of Jesus, it is better for our state, it is better for our country, it is better for our world as his plan A grows and shares the love of Christ as we go and live this thing out day in and day out. And that's regardless of who's in the White House. This thing is about Jesus and Jesus alone. And we are going to put our focus and attention on him. He said, go, go and make disciples. Now, if you watch the news and the media, there's a, a saying that kind of goes around. If it bleeds, it leads. 
If it bleeds, it leads. And the, kind of the idea is, and you know this when you watch the news, it's, it's 28 minutes of fear and 28 minutes of bad news and kind of like, oh, and gets you all freaked out. And then there's two minutes of somebody saving a puppy. And you're like, oh, I feel good now. And we can go on with our day. Why? They're not dumb. They're in there to make money. And so th- they know if it bleeds, it leads. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to share all the good news. And sometimes if you look at the church today, Um, if you kind of look around, you can get that same sense that it's all doom and gloom. If you look at the numbers, um, some of the latest numbers come out and it's like, you know, oh, well, the church is in decline or less people are reading their Bibles than ever before. Or Gen Z, uh, I think one of the the tables you see there is kind of the different, you get the boomers, you get the millennials, you get Gen X, Gen Z. And Gen Z is the most unchurched um, that the affiliate with the nuns out of all, you know, so we can look at it and be like, oh my gosh, the, the next generation, they're so far from, from wanting to, to know about God. And then uh, other ones just say church attendance. It, you can see since like the 80s, each decade, it is just down and down and down and down. And so as a church leader who I, I nerd out on some of this stuff, I look at it, you, you can go with this doomsday idea of, well, I guess the church is in trouble. But I kind of also want to push back because I'm like, does Jesus lose? Like, is he losing? I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that my Lord and Savior loses. So I'm going to, when I look at some of these things, I'm going to look at the positive rather than dwell on anything that would look like the negative. And that's why I'm going to preach today Five reasons I believe the church has more potential in 2023 than ever before. And so the first one kind of goes along with this. It's a mindset thing. It's a, it's, it is an, a, a growth mindset to say, yeah, we have obstacles. But when I have obstacles in my life, the growth mindset says that's an opportunity. Obstacles are opportunities. I can look at an obstacle and be like, oh, no, I don't want to go over that. I don't want to do that. That's too hard. That's too much. And I don't want to take that next step. Or I can say that is an opportunity to grow. That is an opportunity to get better. That is an opportunity to invest in a relationship or invest in myself. So number one, the more people out of church means there is more potential for the church to grow. It's just, it's pure math. There's a record number of people out of church right now. That means there's a record number of people to tell and reach with the hope of the gospel. That's exciting. That, is, that, that ought to get you fired up to say there is, there's, there's, there's work to do. People are not leaving the church because they can't find one in Los Alamos. <laughs> they can find a church. We got plenty of churches. In fact, that was one of the things when we started Freedom Church. Freedom Church, Los Alamos does not need another church. All right, that was in the back of my mind. That was kind of like having that conversation with God. He's like, I don't care. I'm telling you to go do this. What, what, are, what are they, what's happening? Quite honestly, just to sum it up, and this is totally, some, I mean, it's different stories for different people. But at the, at the end of the day, people are not connecting. When, when and if they come, they're not connecting with Jesus, and they're not, they're not connecting with others. And so it makes it really hard to get into an environment and get plugged in and want to know more about Jesus when, when, when you're not connecting. Now, 
Second, more people are asking questions that the church has answers to. More people are asking questions that the church has answers to. Now, I've, I've have, uh, been tempted to, uh, when I title my sermons, to be like Galatians 4. The title of today's sermon is Galatians 4. Or um, I've seen other sermons, I'm not going to name churches or whatever, but it's like the hypostatic union of Christ. And that's the topic of today. Now, if you're new to church, you're like, what in the world is he even uh, discussing and talk about? Now, I went to cemetery, I mean seminary, um, <laughs> and I know what those things are, and I appreciate those things. I, I, want, I want great theology. But someone who's far from God right now is not sitting at home wondering about the tulip. They're not wondering about um, things that... that uh, <sighs> like debating limited or unlimited atonement, all right? I want great theology as a church. I think that's super important. But we got to have our eyes out as we're looking at our friends and our neighbors. They're not asking some of those questions. What are they asking? They want to know about sexuality, abortion, COVID, mass, no mass, money, debt, Mental illnesses that they're struggling with. Relationships, divorce. The things that are on their brain in these moments. And there's answers. There's a, there is a path forward to help. So when we started Freedom Church, again, I'm all for great theology. But I was like, if we are not addressing issues that are on people's brains, then why are we even talking? We're going to share about the love of Jesus, but it is so practical to what you and I are dealing with every single day in our lives. Not only your friends are dealing with it, but you and I are dealing with it. And so we're going to try to make that leap from thousands of years ago to right here today to your heart and to your soul to make that. And I believe the church has answers to the questions that people are asking. Third, the digital reach of the church has the potential to reach more people than in person, and it's not even close. Sometimes we, we want to, when it comes to online church, which a lot of churches went online for COVID, and now they're trying to figure out, do we do this or do we not? And we wonder if online church is real. Is online church real? Yes, because it's real people on the other side of the screen typing and who you're commenting with. In fact, right now, for those who are in the 21 days of prayer and fasting, some of, you, some of the people I don't even know, I was just talking with Miriam earlier. I'm like, I think that's you, but I'm not sure. But we are having a great dialogue, having a daily Bible study, and then commenting um, on what we are getting in this 21-day fast and through this uh, online thing that's going on. It's all online. Some of these people I don't even know. I've never even met, but they're encouraging me in my faith. The, the, I, I don't, I, I'm a computer science background. That's what I was before a pastor, so I can nerd out on the tech. But just, all this to say, Freedom Church is all in on both. We're all in on, on in-person right here in the house, but at the same time, we are all in on trying to reach the people where they are at. And where are they at? They are online. Ta Taylor Swift, just for, for instance, 
she had an in-person concert tour that she was going to set out on, um, I guess this summer or something like that. Did anybody get tickets for that by any chance? No, why didn't you? Because she broke Ticketmaster on the day that they went on sale. She was having an in-person experience, and online it broke everything. When she released her new album, Midnight's, it broke streaming records online, and she sold over 500,000 vinyl copies, physical copies, in one week, which someone said that was more than, than uh, Elton John, the Beatles, and, and, and some of these top names, when all that was, in, was like a physical copy, that's all they could sell, and she smashed them all in one week. Like, to me, the church would be ridiculous to just ignore that and say, nope, just here, just us. No, there is, there is a whole world out there to reach with the gospel, and the potential is great. Now, I know the pushback is it's so dark. I don't like social media. It's not me. I don't do those things. Well, guess what? I don't do those things either. And yes, social media can be a very dark place. But guess what? So is our world. Have you seen it? It's a dumpster fire. (laughs) We are called to go be a light in the dark. So get over yourself. Get over your feelings. and, And wherever God calls you to be, be it online, go be a light. If it's in your work, go be a light. Just, I'm not going to use my excuses as a reason as to why God can't do something. I'm not going to put God in that box. And the potential is great. Sorry, that's my soapbox. You can disagree, but you're wrong. Um, People crave to be part of something bigger than themselves and to make a difference. People, this is another reason why the church has a difference or has potential. To be a part of something bigger than themselves. You just saw a couple weeks ago, DeMar Hamlin, the safety for the Buffalo Bills. He got injured. Thank God that he's healed. And you saw everyone kind of surround that. He had apparently a GoFundMe account that had a goal of $2,500. And as of last week sometime when I was prepping the sermon, uh, in 10 days it had $8.7 million was what that was at. Why? Because people want to be a part of a cause and do something together that they feel like is making a difference. Uh, the the uh, Alabama-Tennessee football game. Did anybody watch that this year? Big SEC football game on a, on a Saturday. All right, we watched it. And, and, and Tennessee loses to Alabama all the time, and, except for this year. Tennessee won. And if you saw that, you, you, you just saw the whole place just erupted, a sea of people coming down and swarming. Through. If you didn't see it, you might have saw it on TikToks and Reels because people were recording, they're tearing down the goalposts, they're marching them down to the river, throwing it in, like just all this bizarre and, and craziness. And I'm here for it. Like, I love it all. What's this have to do with anything? It's, it's the idea that we love a commons and experience together. To something, they, they, they were excited because they were part of something big in that moment. And so what is cool is, if you're, if you're a Tennessee fan and you were there, you will have that moment that you experienced. And they were in that together and they beat Alabama and it's something that they can celebrate and they'll hold on to. What is not cool about that experience is that in 100 years, that won't even matter. Back to me being all in on the church. What the church does will matter for eternity. 
Now, I want to open our eyes up to see that what you do matters. It matters in eternity. And that ought to fire you up to be more intentional. That ought to fire you up to, to have your eyes open to see what is important. What, what am I living for? And I'm not against football. I'm all in. As soon as this is done, I'm like, going to go watch some football. <laughs> But I got to keep my eyes on what is important. And Jesus says, look, look, the harvest is great. What the church does is matter. So I'm going to be passionate about it. I'm going to be intentional about reaching people far from God. Fifth thing, people are craving the supernatural. People are craving the supernatural around us. Gen Z, who, who's, the, who's like, hey, we're the largest part of the generation that's not going to church right now. They also, in some of those surveys, said they are, they are the ones that are more open to God after the pandemic than any other generation. So there's some hope in this too. Even though they don't go to church, they are open spiritually. And they're asking questions. And they're craving an experience. They're craving to belong. What we saw with DeMar Hamlin in the NFL, when he, you saw the rawness of humanity come out. That players, coaches, broadcasters, TV analysts, social media, they're praying. They're not even believing, but they're like, I can't do anything. And they're seeking something. Now, I don't know who they're praying to, but you see the rawness of humanity. That thumbprint of God on every single one of us. When something just strikes the fear of God in you, or you are, you are seeing some sort of, of uh, struggle or strife, or suffering. And that rawness, that thumbprint of God just says, here I am. And we cry out in those moments. And you see that happen. That people are craving the supernatural. Let me take another little tangent. Harry Potter, all right? It, it, is, a, it is a show where Christians like freaked out about Harry Potter. I actually love it. I think it's awesome. J.K. Rowling is swimming in money. Which is, the story is basically a supernatural story of good versus evil. And oh, by the way, the main character gives up his life for his friends. Where have I seen that before or heard that before? <laughs> All right. People are craving something. When the church first started back in Acts 2,000 years ago, in Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, and that thing took off. It said that there was fire, and this wind came in, and the Spirit came together, and something supernatural happened. And we know in Los Alamos about fire and wind. You can't, when you get those two things together, you can't control what it does. And that kind of freaks us out a little bit. But that's kind of how God works. You don't get to control where that wind blows and how it goes. You just try to follow it. And somehow in 2,000 years, we have taken something that is supernatural, uncontrollable, absolutely amazing, and we made it boring and predictable. So <laughs> suck the air right out of the room. My gosh. You know it because you grew up in a church like this is boring. This doesn't apply. I don't know. I, does this? I don't know. And I'm telling you, it's anything but. And that's what's kind of drawn you back is that there's something more. There's something greater. There's something that I'm craving. And I'm telling you, the people around you are craving that too. So you live authentic. 
You live real in front of the people. You share, like when Rita was sharing, I know you, but like I, I appreciate, babe, your, your authenticity of like, I want this. I want to see this wind and fire move in the state of New Mexico at the same time. It scares me. <laughs> you know, live that out because people need to see that. They don't need to see the fake you. They need to see the real you. And they buy into that because you're real. And that's what we try to create here. Now, a common little thread, and this might be a little tinge in, in, in here for some of you, and it is for me. Are we just about the numbers? Are we just about growing the church and, and just trying to build a big church? No. Trying to help us take next steps of faith, to build great people who love Jesus and love others. When, when, when you do that, when you grow in your relationship with, with Jesus and you grow in your relationship with others and you are all in on this harvest thing and living it out in front of other people, the church is just going to grow. Healthy things grow and you can't stop it. We got to get that foundation right. And by the, I, I also take that, I, that, that great commission that Jesus said, go and make disciples. I take that absolutely 100% seriously. It is not a suggestion. It is, it is one of the few commands that we are given. When he saw the crowds, when he saw the crowds, what do you see when you leave here today? When you go to whatever you go to tomorrow, what do you see? When he saw the crowds, he looked out. He had compassion. So many of us, we can't have compassion because we're so busy. When we go out tomorrow, I got this and I got this and I got this and I got this and I got this. I can't even see the crowd because I can, got so much stuff covering me. I got so many emails and everything else. <sighs> Breathe. We got to figure out a way to look out. So we can look in. He had compassion. There was something going on on the inside. Compassion. Empathy. On the, he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. Like a sheep without a shepherd. He said to the disciples, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord. He looked up. Look out. Look in. Look up. He prayed to the Lord, who's in charge of it all, the harvest, and asked him to send more workers into the field, i.e., Mike's translation paraphrase, let's go. Get out into the fields and let's go. He's appointed you at this time in this place in Los Alamos. Your friend, what if your friend or your family member met Jesus this year? I promise you, when we create a common experience in here, which we try to do, where people can meet Jesus, something supernatural happens. And if you create that consistently enough over time where something supernatural happens, you're going you're gonna to see God just moving and moving and moving and moving again. What did he see? My last thing as I close, because I know I'm over time. Matthew chapter 9, buried in the middle of it. Right in the middle of all these amazing miracles, you have this story of a tax collector who is, oh, by the way, the author of this book. As Jesus was walking along, he saw. 
who do you see? Who do you see? As you go along tomorrow, who do you see? Because he was just walking along, had something else going, and then he saw Matthew sitting at a tax collector booth in the middle of his junk. Follow me and be my disciple, Jesus said to him. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw, whoo, when you look out, what do you see? Who do you see? When the Pharisees saw this, they asked the disciples, why does your teacher eat, eat with such scum? Jesus saw Matthew. So we do care about the numbers here. Every single one of those numbers, because every number has a name. Every name has a story. And every story matters desperately to God. In the middle of your pain, in the middle of your mistake, in the middle of your regret, Jesus sees you today. And he knows, and he loves you. And he calls you today and says, follow me. Take that next step with me. Freedom Church, this is what we are about. Now let's go. Bye. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.